Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, this is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're here every week to talk about your home. If you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for tips on seasonal maintenance or smart upgrades for your home, this is the place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Westland Insurance Operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and our newest show partners, Shoreline Building Inspections, with principals Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. We'll be talking with them in the next couple of weeks to learn more about what they do in the world of building inspections. All of our show partners are amazing local professionals. They are great resources. And if you need some help in any of the areas that they specialize in, legal, building inspections, home insurance, and mortgages, give them a call. They'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, I have been a local real estate agent here for over 28 years, born and raised here in Victoria. Uh, I have helped a lot of people over the years with their real estate purchase or sales as well. Uh, and again, if you need another opinion or want to talk about your real estate situation, give me a call. I'd be happy to chat with you. You can find the contact information for myself and the rest of our show partners on our page on the CFAX 1070 website, cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. Uh, it's the spooky season, and who better to have on our show than our returning guest, John Adams from Discover the Past. You're going to learn today about some of Victoria's history with spine-chilling tales and some colorful characters from the past and properties that are actually still standing. Always great having John here in the studio. Uh, we'll get to him in just a moment, but we always have our weekly listener question. If you have a question or a story to tell us about real estate, give us a call. Hotline number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, visit the CFAX 1070 website. Uh, because John is here and we're talking about spooky things, I thought a good topic to discuss would be stigmatized properties. This is a question that comes up every once in a while in the realm of real estate. Is it required to disclose whether a property is haunted or not? So there's a couple of things to consider here. Uh, there is something called um, material latent defect. So in a home, if there is a defect that cannot be investigated by traditional inspection, uh, and if the homeowner is aware that this problem exists, they are required to disclose to, to consumers that this defect exists. So I'll give you an example, for instance. If a homeowner knew that there was a support structure that was hidden behind drywall, uh, had rotted, it would be virtually impossible for anyone to know this or to find this out by reasonable inspection. And as a result, uh, it could have financial implications on the value of the property. These things, known as material latent defects, are required to be disclosed to consumers. So that is a law. Real estate agents uh, ask the question of homeowners on a property condition disclosure statement at the time of listing a property. Uh, if there is a material latent defect, the seller needs to disclose. This is different from a stigmatized property. So a stigmatized property uh, could be, for instance, 
uh, case where, um, you know, t- uh, terrible stories to say, but, you know, if there was a murder or a death in the home, uh, it doesn't even need to be a gruesome death. Sometimes for some cultures, if someone passes away, and, you know, many times today, people want to pass away in the comfort of their own homes. Uh, if someone has passed away, and if it is a matter of concern for a potential buyer, it actually does not need to be disclosed unless the buyer asks the question. So, for instance, if you are a home buyer and you don't want to live in a house where somebody has passed away, you've got to let your realtor know, and your realtor will ask the seller if this has happened, uh, at which point the expectation is the seller will truthfully answer the question yes or no. Uh, The difference between material latent defect and a stigmatized property is, as I mentioned a moment ago, material latent defect can have economic impact on the value of the property, whereas a stigma does not necessarily do so. Another example would be if a house is haunted, because we, and we're talking about this today because we have John Adams in the studio, but if the house is haunted and if this is a concern to a consumer, uh, they need to be, this needs to be disclosed, but it's hard to pinpoint a value on, on how much economic impact it has with the uh, with the haunting uh, versus not. And the other half of that story is we've heard cases where people buy houses because of the fact that they're haunted. There are people who enjoy this. And again, we'll, we'll be talking with John about that in a moment. So that's the difference between uh, a stigmatized property and a material latent defect. Uh, these are uh, things that all real estate agents know about because it's part of the training that we undertake. If you have any further questions in these areas, talk to your realtor or reach out to me. I'd be happy to chat with you. Uh, And again, if any of our listeners have a question that they'd like me to talk about, 250-414-6540 or go online, cfax1070.com, and let us know. Uh, By the way, our team here, the partners, the show partners at the Whole Home Show here on CFAX 1070 are having another home buyer seminar. Home buyer seminar. It's going to happen on Saturday, November the 16th. Saturday, November the 16th from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. It's a free event. There's no cost. By the way, there's no selling. You won't be sold anything. It's a great way just to learn all about the things that are important in a home purchase. Uh, We're going to have Denise Webster talk about mortgages. We're going to have um, Carrie Augustini talk about things to consider when insuring, insuring your home. We're going to have um, our legal team at the Sitka Law Group talking about legal aspects and, of course, our building inspection team from Shoreline Building Inspections talking about the importance of getting a building inspection and maybe some of the gruesome things that they've discovered over the years. So make sure you sign up. Information is on our cfax1070.com page. Looking forward to seeing you guys there. Uh, We have in our studio today uh, yet again, a recurring guest, and we love having him here. Having him here, it is John Adams from Discover the Past Walking Tours. John, thanks for coming back. Tony, it's great to be here again. Uh, Tis the season. The, uh, I know you're busy because we need to remind people that you're not just a Halloween uh, operation. You give tours all year round, all year round, right? That's right. Our mantra is history tours by day. Ghostly walks by night (laughs) and all year. But, of course, in October, leading up to Halloween, everybody seems to want a ghost story. So it is our busiest month. Busiest month. And actually, before we forget, let's just remind people of some of the other tours that you do the rest of the year. Sure, through through the year. In fact, during the summer, we do history tours and ghostly walks every single day, every single night. 
in the winter, uh, coming up, uh, we have history tours, a Chinatown walk Saturday morning, every, every Saturday. And we have history tours Saturday afternoons and Sunday mornings and afternoons. So that's all winter and a special theme around Christmas as well. And then ghosty walks starting in November, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all winter. But right through the summer and into Halloween, we have tours, ghost tours every single night. And from October the 11th to November the 3rd, we have four scheduled ghostly walks every night, starting at Market Square. And it's a new tour just for Halloween this year. So if people have done a tour before, they'll get some new stories. If they've never done a tour, well, they've missed something. But they're going to get some really good stories that we've never told before. Well, and uh, that's a lot of information. And if anyone uh, would like to read more about it, all they need to go, all they need to do is go to discoverthepast.com, right? That's right. That's our website. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, so, John, my goodness, you always come here and tell us some great stories. Um, bef- before we get into them, though, what do you love about Victoria? Well, I think today uh, uh, it's the weather is going to be quite changeable, I think, over the next while. Yeah. Um, however, um, the weather in Victoria, I think, really, really does uh, uh, make me feel happy to be here. Yeah. I'm a gardener. And I do walking tours. The nice weather is really, really good. Yeah. But I really enjoy just getting well, outside and enjoying the outdoors in It Victoria. would be a different story if you were giving uh, nightly ghost tours in three feet of snow I think in minus 40 well, degree weather. Well, the, the cities that have three feet of snow and it's minus 20 or 30 aren't doing ghostly walks at okay. night in the <laughs> yes. winter. Yes. They, they save the times for the summer. Yeah. Uh, but we, we have the benefit in Victoria of being able to do those sorts of things year-round. Yeah. But I, I, I enjoy the, the ambiance of Victoria as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the size of the city, we've got lots of amenities. Uh, and it's not really that frantic. But uh, we have all the things that I think we need to enjoy life in Victoria. So that's one of the things I enjoy the most. It's a nice balance. And I think your answer is the same as many people here. That's what brings people to Victoria, and that's what makes it one of the nicest places anywhere. That's for sure. I've just come back from a a trip recently to Europe and to England. We've been there before. But coming back, there's nothing like it. And I I don't think that everyone can say exactly the same thing. And we think... Why? Why do we go away when we really have all this this wonderful stuff right around here? Beautiful place to come back to. Well, listen, um, we need to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to dive right into some great stories with John Adams from Discover the Past. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. I had, before the break, mentioned an upcoming event that the show partners here are having. It's Saturday, November the 16th. Uh, it is a home buyer event from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. It is free. There's no charge. Uh, it is happening at the... Uh, Chinese Community Service Center at 655 Herald Street. All the information will be on our page on the CFAX 1070 website. Just look under shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Or you'll find it on Eventbrite as well, too, if you happen to be shopping there. Our show today is with John Adams. Always great to have you here, John. It's great to be here, Tony. We talked, I mentioned before about the difference between uh, uh, defects in a home and stigmatized properties. Um, tell us about some of your experience with stigmatized properties. Well, as you mentioned earlier, not all people are afraid of being in a stigmatized house. A haunted uh, house, for a, instance. A haunted house. Yeah. So stigmatized suggests that there's something really negative about it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, some ghosts can be very, very nasty, very bad. You don't want to be there, and the ghosts might not want you to be there, and you pretty soon discover it and 
you either have to get rid of the ghosts or you have to get rid of the house. But uh, many people find that ghosts can actually be very friendly. And, well, my own house is a good example of, of this. We were well, well aware of it before. The house in James Bay, yeah. beautiful old place, built in 1909. Um, it's a two-family home, so we're the second family to have owned it in 110 years. Uh, we've had it now for 25 years. We knew uh, the, the woman who lived there before. She was five when the family moved in. She died from that house in 1995. Mm-hmm. And we got to know her fairly well. In fact, I did some gardening work for her, just as a favor. And we would always be concerned about her. And she would say, don't worry, John, I'm not alone here. They're all here. And, well, I got to chat with her. I'm I'm a historian. I was always interested in finding out what she remembered about the neighborhood in the early days and some wonderful information. But it was quite clear that what she was referring to was the fact that all her family, or at least many of her family, who had certainly passed on, were still there. And I know that her father and her mother certainly died in the house, and she had told me the stories, but when she said, they're all still here, don't worry, I'm not alone, she was being very, very positive. Mm. However, we didn't truly understand the the full extent of this until we did buy the house. Um, she left it to a relative who wasn't able to live there, so the relative called us up and said, I know you've been interested in the house. Would you like to buy it? I'll give you right of first refusal. Well, it was almost too good to pass up. So, yes, we bought the place. Mm-hmm. We hadn't had a chance to see every nook and cranny before we moved in, but as we walked in, we knew they were all still there, possibly including our former neighbor mm-hmm. who had died only a short time before. And so we got to the into the habit of calling out as we went in, Hi, it's us. Uh, we're friends of Muriel's. Uh, we're just here to look after your house. And it sounds kind of silly in a way. and We might even be self-conscious even talking about that, but I don't think we're the only ones to have done that. And we knew there was something there, and it wasn't negative at any time. And many people who had come to the house discovered that there were entities there. Uh, sometimes they weren't so thrilled with this themselves, but we never found anything bad. And, in fact, some of the... Uh, the spirits in that house can be very helpful. They'll help us find things, for example. Oh, okay. And uh, it, it's, they're still there. We know that. Wow. Um, but um, it's not quite uh, the same as it is now. And that's one feature. Houses, many houses are haunted, and people might not even know it. Uh-huh. But ghosts don't like change. They want things to be the way they were when they were there. So, in other words, if someone is renovating the house or something or making changes? Now, if anyone doesn't want to do renovations but their spouse is saying, come on, let's finish that bathroom, let's finish that kitchen, it's a good excuse. Because, yes, if the house is haunted, any sort of material change Mm -hmm. can certainly disturb them. But eventually, and if people move in, for example, or people move out, there will be changes. Ghosts will eventually get used to you and they'll get used to the changes. And so, over time, people discover that a house that was really haunted when they first moved in, or when they first made the renovation, has settled down a little bit. Yeah. And then something else happens, somebody else moves in or moves out, and it might start up all over again. But we were well aware of it, and we were quite happy to have the house, and we're certainly happy to be there. Wow. So, I, we had talked before, I think, about uh, the fact that some people just are more sensitive to uh, these outwardly uh, situations, uh, ghosts and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. right? 
In, in North America, I think fairly standard averages right across the continent are that about 50% of people truly believe in ghosts, mm-hmm. and the other 50%, well, maybe they're not quite sure, maybe they don't want to believe in ghosts, but it's usually 50-50. In Victoria, I think the proportion of people who yeah. believe in ghosts is higher, but 20%, a full 20% of people have had some sort of ghostly encounter. And the ghosts are around, but in fact, some people are more sensitive to this than others. And it might be their cultural background, it might be them physically. So I wear glasses. Some people have hearing aids. But in fact, without those, we don't see so well, we don't hear so well. Mm It's the same with ghosts. Some people have a built-in sensitivity because we don't just see them. We probably will talk about ghosts that we see, but we can see them, we can smell them, we can hear them, and we can feel them. Mm-hmm. Most people are going to feel them. That's the old uh, hairs going up in the back That's of your neck. That's right, thing, the right? hair going up in the back of your neck for no apparent reason, a, a warm room becoming icy cold, something grabbing you or pushing you when you didn't see anybody there. Mm-hmm. It can freak you out, but indeed... That's how most people are going to detect the ghosts, if they want to admit it. But sometimes people will say, oh, it's somebody brushed past me, I didn't see them. But after it happens a while, you begin to wonder, hmm, maybe there is something here. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, some people are more sensitive than others. Now, Victoria is kind of known as a uh, as a uh, a town with ghosts and hauntings and stuff, right? For sure. Uh, we say that Victoria is the most haunted city in the Pacific Northwest. Most haunted city in the Pacific Northwest. That's right. So okay. Vancouver and Seattle, even if you go down as far as Portland, they're big cities. Yep. But probably combined, they can't muster as many ghost stories as we can in Victoria. We have collected hundreds and hundreds, almost 500 stories yep. since I've been doing this over the past 30 years. And some of them are tiny stories. Some of them are very big stories. Some are well-known. But yes, Victoria, probably for its size, for sure, is the most haunted city. Which is amazing because we're not a really old uh, city, right? I mean, you just came back from Europe and house homes are hundreds of years old. Uh, anything here, you know, might be 100 years. It's not that old, right? That's true. Uh, although, uh, of course, we, we always have to remember that the indigenous people were here for thousands yes. and thousands of years. Yes. And ghosts didn't just start when the Europeans and others began to arrive. There were lots of ghosts here because when people die, their energy stays. Now, doesn't always cause problems, but the salt water, the surrounding hills and mountains, the underlying bedrock, all of these things really do hold the energy in a very special way. So it's not really that we have more ghosts. It's that the physical attributes of Victoria hold the energy very, very well. So even though, as we look around the city, the oldest house, Todd House in Oak Bay, 1850, Mm -hmm. Helmkin House, next to the Royal BC Museum, 1852, both very haunted, by the way, Mm. but they're the oldest houses in all of BC. Downtown, 1858, is the last, uh, is the first building from from the Gold Rush era. Um, brick building, still there on Government Street. So we don't have many buildings from that early time. Mm-hmm. But much of the energy was here long before the buildings were built. Yeah. So, yes, we, we can say we're not an old city in terms of the built environment. Yeah. But people have been living here for a long time, laying down their energy layer upon layer upon well, layer. Well, and, uh, and a reminder, too, is that it is not just the old houses that have hauntings. You've bumped into houses that are newer that also have um, some spiritual uh, uh, reverberation, right? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because when we're doing a, a Ghosty Walks tour, we'll ask people just to find out a little bit more about them. Where are you from? And, and how many of you have had a ghost encounter? And... Some people say, oh, I, I don't. I live in a brand new condo or I live in a brand new house. 
Ah, don't let that fool you because new places can be haunted as well because of what was there before, an old house that was haunted, taken down, the ghosts might linger around. We've got lots of examples of that. Or if you collect antiques, Mm -hmm. if you are into antique jewelry, books, the ghosts can sometimes come attached to those objects. With the item. And we have a couple of classic examples. One man who rented a place years ago up near Swan Lake bought an antique mirror and put it in his bedroom. He couldn't stay in the bedroom. He didn't know what it was. But it turned out that the spirit of the person who had owned that mirror back in Nova Scotia had somehow been absorbed into that mirror, and years later he had bought it, and it was causing problems for him. And another example, more recently, a woman who bought a used book of Pickwick Papers, and this was back in the 1970s, and when she took it home she discovered that the ghost of the former owner who had died while he was reading it was in that book. It sounds completely bizarre, Mm. but she had this very real encounter with the ghost of that man who asked her to read the book because he was coming back to finish unfinished business. He was in that book and hoped that the next person would read it for him. And when she finished the book, because she did this, he didn't come back. So yes, we we can bring ghosts into our homes. Oh, well, we're here with John Adams from Discover the Past. We're talking about Victoria's haunted background. We need to take a quick break. We'll come back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager, Westland Insurance operating as Island Savings Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Shoreline Building Inspections with Reese Jacob and Monica Gass. All of our show supporters here, show partners, are here to help you. So if you've got any questions uh, relating to any of the areas they specialize in, just give them a call. You can find their contact information on our page on the CFAX 1070 website. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me. Tony Joe. As a reminder, by the way, uh, the show partners are having a home buyer seminar on Saturday, November the 16th from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. It's a free event. We'd love to see you there. You're going to learn a lot about the home buying process. So make sure you come or let anyone you know who needs this information, uh, let them know that this is happening because they should be joining us. We're here today with John Adams from Discover the Past talking about Victoria's Haunted background. Thanks again, John, for coming. I always enjoy, I always enjoy telling ghost stories, Tony. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. And we just talked about items. And the story that you talked about, about a book that ended up being haunted, uh, wow. Ghosts can haunt places, and they often do, the places where they died, but they can move from place to place if they have some compelling reason to go back to a place that meant something to them. A place of strong emotional pull, for example, they will return. Yeah. Um, but ghosts can also haunt objects, and those objects get moved around, and we end up with something that we thought was a, a beautiful old antique, and it turns out to have the ghost of some former owner. People who work in museums know about this a lot. Yeah, of course, because they'd be handling things that are ancient, very old. That's true. Um, yeah. There are many museums that have haunted objects, and if they know the provenance, they can figure out perhaps who it is. Sometimes they don't know. Amazing, amazing. Um, so tell us some stories. Well, Let us know. Yes. Well, perhaps along the same uh, vein, uh, this is something that was actually uh, a, a small potential stigma in a house, but the buyer did not even know to ask. Mm. 
It's a house near Beacon Hill Park. It's an old house from 1907. And uh, a young couple bought the house, and they did a lot of work fixing up the yard, fixing up the house. And the backyard wasn't that big, but the, the husband spent some time back there, and he just felt creepy. That's all he could say. It was just a creepy feeling. And so he didn't spend much time there at all. He just didn't like being there. He thought it was maybe because it was kind of shady. However, uh, a year or two after they had moved in, um, he saw this man he didn't know walking by, and the man was kind of hanging around looking over the fence, and finally uh, the man said, well, can I help you? Well, um, yeah, um, I used to live in this house. Oh, so the new owner was, was quite friendly and said, well, come on in, into the yard. I'll show you what I've been doing. And anyway, the, the stranger just seemed to be asking some weird questions, and finally he said, um, do you ever feel kind of creepy around this house? And uh, the new owner thought this was really unusual and said, well, um, not really. He didn't want to give out too much. And the other guy said, well, um, like maybe in the backyard. Oh, yeah. And suddenly he thought, oh, there is something here. And he said, well, as a matter of fact, once in a while I do. So he took him around the back and he said, this is where I, I don't feel so comfortable sometimes. And the stranger said, well, yeah, this was my house. This was my parents' house. And when they died, I had them cremated. And this is where I buried their ashes. Oh. Exactly in the spot now. The new owner had no knowledge of that at all. So uh, was that something that should have been divulged? Well, the new owner didn't even think to ask. Yeah. We have a number of stories of that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, where people have had some unusual just a feeling, feeling. Just right? a feeling. Or the... The cat is pawing at the wall or the dog is barking for no no known reason. Now, it might be a mouse on the wall or something like that, but but sometimes the, the pets know, and sometimes we just get that feeling that we can't quite explain. Yeah. So, yes, there are lots of examples of that sort of thing, but the, the same thing applies to where there might be a burial, uh -huh. where there might be um, a, a person who had died in a place and nobody knew. You asked earlier about perhaps um, asking an owner, did somebody die in this house? Well, if it's an old house, we don't you all never, know the history. You've gone through five or no, six owners, no you never know. Yeah. There'd be no way of knowing, but in many cases, people have died there, and uh, the ghosts often don't go away. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're not always nasty ghosts, as I mentioned before, but uh, they, they don't always go away, and they sometimes remain, want to stay around, because it's a nice place. They, they don't mind sharing it. Yeah. Sometimes they do mind sharing it, and that's when the problems arise. Oh, my goodness. There's another example. This this is a, an actual friendly ghost, and I, I got this story recently from a woman who whose family home was up near the Royal Jubilee Hospital, and she had moved in 30, 40 years ago. Beautiful old family home. They had a wonderful time there. No negative feelings at all, but she had seen on the upper floor, the bedroom floor, a woman, maybe in her 30s or 40s, difficult to tell, clearly a ghost, uh, wearing a blue and white dress. And she rented out rooms to other people, and at least three of them saw the same woman. Not in a negative way. Nobody moved out because of this. Mm -hmm. The house was later sold, and she had not had the courage to ask the, the current owners whether they see the woman in her 30s and 40s on the upper floor wearing the blue and white dress. But one of the things we look for when we're trying to corroborate these stories is, is it just one person that's experienced this on one or two occasions, or are there other people? Um, who don't know each other, who don't know the previous stories, because when the stories begin to pile up like that, then there's a little bit more credibility. 
For sure. And it turns out that the house had been moved, and there was a, a story that, about a man who had waited to marry his sweetheart. Her mother wouldn't let the marriage take place, but after the mother died, they got married. But the wife died in childbirth just a year later. Oh. And he never remarried. The man stayed in that house. Yeah. And so the story began to unfold that quite likely, if we're looking for a reason for that place to be haunted by a woman, middle-aged, in her 30s or 40s, it was probably because of that. Oh, so well, you, were able to, you were able to dig in, in and In that find case, more, it, yeah. it seems quite likely, although yeah. um, we don't know for sure, of course. It yeah. could be something else. Well, of course, because one of the reasons is record-keeping in older days, uh, you, you know, even... 30 years ago uh, was limited, right? That's right. You can go to the city archives. You can look at the city directories. Some of them are available online. You can, mm -hmm. the, the British colonist, the, the old oh, newspapers are online as well. And you can check the address. You can find out who lived there. You can find out death certificates. When did they die? Uh, they won't always tell you where they died, of course. Yeah. But you can begin to piece the history of a house together. And some people want to do that just anyway. But uh, sometimes it helps if you're trying to figure out why there might be a, a, a spiritual entity in the house, if you know who was there before. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's just such an interesting thing. And again, um, there, there are some people that are very sensitive to this. Their culture is so, you know, I, I'm Chinese. The Chinese culture generally is very much uh, concerned, uh, even with peaceful deaths. You know, someone passes away, like I said, uh, a lot of people choose today to pass away in the peace and comfort of their own home. Um, uh, so, you know, they have concerns, and this is what we need to disclose, right? True. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, uh, in, in China, for sure, and certainly when the Chinese came to Victoria back in 1858, uh, when somebody died, uh, the funeral would never take place inside. Not in a temple, not in the home, no. The funeral would generally take place outdoors mm -hmm. because the, the energy that was attached, death pollution it was called, um, would perhaps linger around. And so they, they took place outdoors. Yeah. And it was only when um, undertakers came along from Europe and other places who said, oh, well, we'll do it for you. Yeah. And uh, many, many, many Chinese began to frequent the, the undertakers, Haywards, for example. And of course... Uh, the funerals at that point took place indoors, but in the funeral parlors of those undertakers, not in the homes sure. or the premises of the, the people who had died. Yeah, interesting. Um, now, your walking tour, especially uh, your ghostly walk right now, uh, starting in Market Square. I've done, I did one last year, and we're doing another one with you uh, this year. Lots of fun. Uh, so the starting point is uh, uh, the um, lower level of Market Square, and you have you have rooms to show people. That's right. We, we, we rent a room at Market Square, uh, Market Square is, is a wonderful old place, uh, buildings dating back to the, the 1800s with lots of ghost stories. We've got some really good ones. Um, <laughs> the, 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 we actually suggest that people gather at the archway to Market Square, yep. which is off Johnson Street. And then from there, we'll direct them down to where uh, we start telling the stories. Um, but we've got stories, horrible stories, of, of a woman who slashed her boyfriend's throat and was sent off to jail for it and came back. Well, she is still there. He is still there. They appear around corners. They move things around. It was a pretty uh, tumultuous relationship. She threw things at him. Well, all of that's taking place in some of the spaces uh, at Market Square to this very day. Yeah. Um, a Jack the Ripper-style murder. And, of course, Market Square is right next to Chinatown, and so we will actually venture out it's into part of that. Chinatown and tell the story of a man who was the manager of the Chinese theater back in 1903 who was murdered, and his body was thrown out of the theater into the alley, and his ghost is still around as well. Oh. So 
There's no shortage of stories. No kidding. Okay, well, listen, we need to take a quick little break, but I want to follow up on that conversation. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking today with John Adams from Discover the Past. Just before the break, we were talking about the Ghostly Walk Tour. John, uh, starting at uh, Market Square. And again, if anyone needs to learn more about your tours, they uh, they should go to discoverthepast.com, right? Discoverthepast.com. All the details are there. Yeah. But uh, 6.30... 7.30, 8.30, 9.30, every single night yeah. from now until we're actually going to extend until November the 3rd. So right through the Halloween season, every night we have four tours, 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, 30. They take an hour and a half, so we have multiple guides. Yeah. And some of those nights, the weekend nights, will be busy, but uh, we have lots of guides to divide the groups up and no shortage of stories to tell. Market Square, yes, nearby Chinatown, down by the harbor, and we will end up uh, in another haunted room in Bastion Square, yes. which probably for most people who've lived in town for any length of time will know Bastion Square oh, is the most haunted part of the there. city. Yes. The jail was there for the colony of Vancouver Island. The public hangings took place in the courtyard behind the jail. Some of the bodies were never removed. And the building that later was the Supreme Court for British Columbia, then more recently was the Maritime Museum for 50 years, uh, there are lots of ghosts in there. Yeah, there's lots of stories out of there, right? Judge Begbie slamming his fist on the bench, people being pushed out of his courtroom, people seeing him coming down the stairs, other entities, something grabbing people on the stairs, the elevator slowing down, pushing people, items on the shelves in the gift shop, lifting up and levitating across the room on their own. It sounds like we're making this stuff up, but these were all experienced many times by people who worked there, volunteered there, toured the museum. In fact, the building is now closed and empty. It's going to be restored. Mm-hmm. But I can just imagine when they open that place up again, those ghosts will have had free run of that place all that time, and they will want to start playing with the people that come in. Oh, so the, the stories that building can tell, huh? It's got lots of them. And, of course, when the people were hanged where the old jail was, some of the bodies were buried at the courtyard, and they were never taken away. So there are some of those victims buried underneath the floor of that building. Just one of the many reasons why it's so haunted. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So Victoria's, a, a, it, it rates high in the uh, in the realm of haunted cities. It is. Yeah. Uh, and people come here for haunted holidays. Uh, of course, many people will come to Victoria for all the other nice things to do, whale watching, golf, carriage ride in the park, butchered gardens, tea at the Empress, all those beautiful things. But we often tell people, well, just be prepared because... It's quite likely, whether you came for a haunted holiday or not, <laughs> you're going to have one. Yeah, that's right. Because many of our stories do come from people that have come to live or to stay. And, of course, because they're newcomers, often they seem to attract the ghosts far more than people that might, might, that might have lived around for a long time. Yeah. But the, the stories abound in this city. And although people, especially at Halloween, are looking for the really spooky and scary stories, the the blood-curdling stories, the grisly stories, and we've got some of those. Some of the stories are, are simply curiosities where people have seen or experienced all these entities that are, are definitely around. But uh, among the the creepier stories are the stories of the, the very grisly murders, and mm-hmm. probably the most grisly murder we've got is a Jack the Ripper-style murder that took place 
Uh, back in 1899, the woman was Agnes Bings. She worked at the Pilgrim Bakery, which is now part of Market Square. Oh, yeah. And the people who work in that building believe that there's a ghost there. But um, she walked across the old railway trestle, where the Johnson Street Bridge Bridge is now, never came home. Her husband called the police. They found Agnes the following morning lying in a clump of bushes. And I won't go into the gory details because many people can figure it out for themselves, but Mm -hmm. it was the only Jack the Ripper-style murder ever found in Victoria. Oh, Was it Jack the Ripper? Well... Uh, perhaps it was. He was never caught, so it's not impossible. It was about the same time? It was 10 years later, yeah. so if he escaped, it's quite possible he came here. Yeah. But uh, the place where she was found and the place where she worked, definitely this image of a shadowy figure of a woman, but a feeling that something horrible must have happened to her overcomes the people who see her. So that's a story that we've, we've told for a number of years. It's a story we'll be telling this Halloween mm-hmm. on our ghostly walks. My goodness. We People ask, is it okay for kids? Uh, really young kids, perhaps not, yeah. but most teenagers uh, are, are okay with this sort of stuff. In fact, we don't have to spare the blood and gore for them. Uh, sometimes if there are some shady characters, we have to be a little bit cautious about the terminology we use. Yeah. But nonetheless... Um, we we don't we don't uh, we don't mince words on yeah. on the tour. Well, there were some shady characters in the old there, in the old Victoria, there, for sure, especially right? down on Johnson Street. Johnson Street was the old red light district. Yeah, uh, saloons, gambling dens, dance halls, and all the people that hung around those places. Of course, they're not there anymore, but some of the people in ghostly form are, yeah. and the stories are there to tell. Uh, for sure. Uh, if people are wondering, too, I mean, because your groups, your groups are typically, so you do tw- uh, 20 people, I think, right? We, we try to keep the groups small, yeah. um, 20 maximum, but once in a while, if it's a really busy night, mm-hmm. especially near Halloween, there will be more people. But um, we do have extra guides, and so we try to keep the groups as small as yeah, possible. Yeah, and if people are wondering, actually, you you have t- you embrace technology as well too, because uh, as a guide, you have um, sort of a microphone system, right? That's right. If we're in a place where it's not going to bother people, we 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 definitely have a, a little amplifier. Yeah, and we can use that if we're off in a quiet spot um, and a truck roars by. Uh, people aren't going to miss anything because they'll be able to hear. On our daytime tours, by the way, um, we do use a, a personal listening device, and so everybody gets an earpiece, and yep. we use a wireless transmitter, but that's only on our daytime history tours. Yeah. I, I've got to say, I mean, even uh, even just l- was it last w- last weekend, I was walking around Lower Johnson there, and I saw one of your guides uh, with a group. You know, we know it's one of the Discover the Past uh, groups. Uh, so you guys are busy. I mean, this is something that... Uh, 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 obviously a lot of interest. People want to know about the history of uh, Old Victoria. Well, you know, we do history tours by day and ghostly walks by night, but to be honest, the ghostly walks outdraw the history tours 10 to 1. Wow! Okay. And that's the average through the year. Yeah. Around Halloween, uh, it, 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 Halloween, October, the last three weeks of October, are by far the busiest time of year for us. Yeah. It's like, I, I always like uh, using the analogy, it, it, it's like... London drugs on Christmas Eve, for us, all of October. Yeah. Everybody wants some last-minute item. They go out and they buy it at one of the places that is open. Well, for us, everybody saves up and wants a ghost tour at Halloween. We're quite happy to oblige. Yeah. And um, we have lots of the stories. Well, and, and uh, you know, I've got to tell the listeners, like I said, I've done your ghostly walk. I love it. We're do, we do it again. Actually, we, uh, we invite people to come uh, join us. Um, first of all, I'd like to learn about 
Victoria and some of the history of Victoria. Uh, but I gotta say, after the ghostly walk with you, when I approach those buildings again, you know those stories stick in my head. So there's there's just a lot of history uh, of 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 stuff that happened in Victoria. Well, many people, of course, they, they're not sure if they believe in ghosts or not, but uh, they come because they get lots of history as well. Mm-hmm. They are ghost stories, but there's a lot of historical background, and we have teachers who who bring classes year after year, and they say, "Don't tell the kids this is a history tour." Oh. Tell them some ghost stories. The kids are coming for the ghost stories, well, so get and that history. really gets them into it. But of course, they will learn why Victoria is here, who the people were, yeah. and so they 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 absorb that stuff. But they're hearing the ghost stories, <laughs> and so it, it's great. We 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 enjoy telling both. Fantastic. Well, uh, this is a reminder to our listeners. If you're interested in attending one of John's ghostly walks, uh, you only have a couple of weeks left, a couple of weeks left uh, before Halloween. So you're going to want to go online to discoverthepast.com and go ahead and book your, your tickets, right? That's right. Ghostly walks for sure. And also, let me put in a plug for the ghost bus tours. Oh. We've been doing these since 1994. We do it as a fundraiser for the Old Cemetery Society. And we've got five tours this year. October the 19th, the 25th, 26th, and 27th, two hours. Reservations for those are required. Okay. We don't need reservations for the walking tours, but for the bus tours we do. Information is on our website for those as well. Wow. And we have not repeated the same route in the past, well, 25 years. Okay. So lots of stories. But uh, Ghosty Walks, if people want to find out about the haunting history of downtown and some of the creepy stories to start their Halloween season. Yeah. We're quite happy to oblige. Yeah, no better place to do it. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, you've brought a couple of, uh, you've brought some uh, giveaways here for our listeners, right? That's right, a couple of uh, pairs of free tickets. Okay. Uh, and you don't have to use them at Halloween. We do the tours year-round. Yeah. And so uh, people might want to uh, uh, take a tour at another time. They can give them away as gifts themselves if they want, or they can uh, take the tour and uh, uh, free free of charge. Great. Well, listen uh, to our listeners right now. If you're listening, the first two people uh, to email me uh, will receive uh, tickets uh, for John Adams' uh, Discover the Past Tours. It's Tony at primeteam.ca. Tony at primeteam.ca. Uh, and again, if you haven't done a tour, you got to check it out because it is some great stuff. But one last story uh, for for our listeners here, John. Okay, well, I think probably many people in Victoria, if they're interested in ghosts at all, uh, it's almost a rite of passage to go down to the Victoria Golf Course at any time and look for the ghost of Doris Gravelin. It's a sad story. It really is. Uh, she and her husband had separated but not divorced. It seems that Victor Gravelin was maybe trying to get back together with Doris, and so they went out for a walk one night at the end of September 1936. And when Doris didn't return, she was a, a private nurse for a, an elderly woman in Oak Bay, the woman became quite alarmed and called the police. They went to Victor's house. His mother said he wasn't there. An all-points bulletin went out, but Doris's body was found five days later under logs on the beach next to the seventh fairway of the Victoria mm-hmm. Golf Course. And Victor was found a month later floating in the kelp beds off the golf course. And the police, of course, the Oak Bay police just said, okay, case closed. But for us in the ghost story business, it's really just the beginning of the story because Doris's ghost was seen frequently and still is uh, in a number of places, but particularly in the area where she was strangled and where the body was hidden on the beach. A white, shimmering figure moving quickly, veering away, flying into the air. Uh, 
people wonder, oh, get somebody in a, an address in a lantern fooling around to scare people, but sometimes you can't fly into the air and disappear if you are uh, a real person trying to scare somebody. Uh, a cold wind, a horrible feeling, a white light down in that area, which is not the light from a boat passing by. Uh, many people know that Doris is there. She probably is the most frequently looked for, mm -hmm. but also one of the most obliging ghosts. She is detected many, many times. It's a good excuse. If anyone is golfing that golf course, of course, not at night, and their their ball slices off, well, they've, they've always got an excuse. Ah, it's just the ghost. <laughs> yes. But uh, people who who are on that golf course a lot know that she's there. You know, John, i got to say, I know that story, and I've, I've heard it many times. For some reason, every time I hear that story, I get the old hairs in the back of the neck uh, pop up because, you know, we, we all know the seventh hole of the Victoria that, Golf Course. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for coming, John. Always great having you here. Uh, and, again, uh, for anyone looking for a history lesson in Victoria that happens to be uh, shrouded in some haunted stories, got to go check you out, discoverthepast.com. Great, Tony. It's always, it's always a pleasure to be here. And uh, people enjoy the ghost stories. I'm always happy to tell them. Great. Uh, we'll have you again this time next year. But to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.